0: On this episode of the 10 Code Public Safety Podcast, we discuss community engagement, how the Murfreesboro Police Department and Murfreesboro Fire Rescue Department are serving and interacting with the community as well as educating. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Public Safety Information Officer, Larry Flowers. Today's guests include Murfreesboro Fire Rescue Department Assistant Chief and Fire Marshal Carl Pease, and Murfreesboro Police Department Community Engagement Coordinator, Amy didn't, that Sergeant Amy didn't. Well, community engagement, as we know, is a vital part of both the fire and police department. It gives the men and women of both departments an opportunity to interact with the community, but educate at the same time. If both of you will, uh, could you please list a, I guess, a a variety of community engagement programs that each one of your departments offer?
1: Larry, we've We've worked over the years to develop programs to reach out to our community, um, and we've finally gotten to a point where I think we have something for everyone um, from birth to our senior citizens. Um, We do um, child passenger safety um, education with parents and caregivers. Of course, that's from birth to age 9 and then beyond. Um, Then we have our SROs do a summer camp for ages 8 to 12. The... um, Murfreesboro Police Department Junior Officer Summer Camp. Um, And then we have our um, Teen Citizens Academy for teenagers ages 13 to 17. And then our Adult Citizens Police Academy for anybody 18 and up. Um, And then before COVID, and hopefully starting again in January, we'll go back to having our Citizens Police Academy Senior Edition um, that's usually hosted at the St. Clair Senior Center, where we do Citizens Academy classes, but more focused on the needs and issues faced by our senior citizens.
0: Same question, Assistant uh, Chief. We
2: we've been doing it for several years. Uh, we started out by mainly focusing on like younger children and our senior citizens. Uh, here in the last let's oh, say five to ten years, we've expanded out to where now we have a teen fire academy. I think this past year was the first year we actually did that, and it was a huge success. Uh, we've been doing a citizens fire academy as as well as like the police department does uh, from 18 and up, and we've had that program going on for probably 10, 12, 14 years now. Uh, but we're also about five years ago we went into the city schools mm-hmm. to where now we do the STEAM program in every city school. Uh, we'd like to expand that out to uh, to offer to the county schools as well, and maybe maybe even going further out to other counties but uh, right now we're just doing the city schools.
0: And I know uh, Sergeant didn't mentioned Child <clears> Passenger <throat> Safety Program, both departments offer that. Uh, just a few stats. I think 608 children, uh, 12 and under, uh, were killed in car crashes in the U.S. Uh, while riding in passenger vehicles every 25 seconds. Uh, is how often a child 14 and younger is involved in a crash while riding in a passenger vehicle. 71% of uh, car seats uh, re- reduce a uh, an infant's risk of a fatal injury. So those stats are from the FBI crime stats and the NHTS fatality analysis uh, reporting system. I, again, see that both departments offer a child safety uh, passenger seat program. So if you wouldn't mind, Assistant Chief Pease, just talk about uh, your program there at the, uh, Murfreesboro Fire Rescue Department.
2: We've had the program in place now for about 12 years. Uh, we have got approximately uh, 50 to 55 technicians in our department. Uh, we took on the, on the program to where our all of our stations are centrally located in, in the community. And so every one of our stations now is a checkpoint station. So if somebody needs their car seat checked, they can go to any station any Murfreesboro fire rescue station in the city, and we'll have a technician there. Um, it was one of the best programs that we, had, we could have adopted. Um, I didn't realize how many car seats are installed wrong, and I include myself in that. I'm a father, of course my son's 23 years old now, but when I did his car seat when he was younger, I never did it right. Um, now when I say that, that don't mean that everyone's wrong and, and in danger, but there's, there's just little things. When I took the class, I'm sure as well as Sergeant Denton when she took it, I had no idea what we could talk about for four days about a car seat. After the first day, I thought, what have I gotten myself into? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, I mean, after the class and, and just seeing and helping the, the community with that, it's very rewarding. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't realize how many car seats were installed incorrectly.
0: Sergeant, and if you'll talk about the program here, at uh, Murfreesboro um, Police.
1: We've had technicians for years. Um, our program waned for a little while, and it's come back in the past couple of years. Um, the fire department is there. Anybody wants to stop by, that's great. But we have officers that can go. Uh, they can go to your home. Uh, they can go to your place of business if you want an officer to come by and meet with you on your lunch break. Um, we reach out to daycares, pediatricians' offices. Um, Obstetricians' offices, this past weekend we had a very successful event in partnership with Murfreesboro Medical Clinic. Um, They did a lot of promotion on that, and in three hours, five technicians checked 36 seats. Um, So it was uh, very busy, but um, a lot of our people then, I won't say a lot, there were young families, there were grandmothers that came in. Um, One grandmother pulled up and said, I just have a mystery in my seat and I need you to help me solve it. (laughs) Um, And it wasn't a mystery. It was just the fact of one little thing on the seat that she wasn't familiar with. Um, And that's a lot of the challenge for parents and caregivers is knowing all the little nuances of the child seat and the situation with their vehicle seat uh, because sometimes those don't match up very well. So some of the education that a technician has is how to overcome those challenges, and we share that with the parents.
0: As a matter of fact, that event with... uh Um, MMC, there was someone that posted uh, uh, a comment on Facebook. It's Mm -hmm. like, have we gotten to a point where we have to teach parents and guardians uh, how to install a seat? Can't they just read the directions? But sometimes it's not as simple as reading directions, is it?
1: Child seat manufacturers do everything they they can to make the child seat um, functional across the board for all vehicle manufacturers. But each vehicle manufacturer's seats are a little different. Um, the space in the vehicle's back seat area is a little different. The angle of the back seat, the base of the back seat is a little different. Um, as a matter of fact, um, last spring we had a child passenger safety technician class here, and two of the people that came through and got their technician certification are engineers with a vehicle manufacturer. Um, And their sole job is to install child seats in that manufacturer's vehicles and then basically write a review, which child seats fit those vehicle seats the best. Um, And they were engineers and they were amazed that there were just little things um, that it might mention in the directions, but translating that direction booklet to real life, it's not always easy to do.
0: Yeah. And Assistant Chief Pease, I saw you nodding as well. It's not as simple. As reading it's, those directions,
2: it's not. And, and you know, people, when, when people read anything, they can interpret it different ways. Um, so it's not just cut and dry. The, the directions say do this. Uh, so, you know, but it, there again, whether it's Mercy Police, Mercy Fire, if you've got any questions mm-hmm. or concerns, stop by this PD, stop by one of my stations. We don't charge anything, they don't charge anything, you know, and it's just comforting to know that we get it in, we get it right. And now they understand.
0: And I guess to sort of toot our own horn here, uh, uh, Sergeant didn't understand that you recently received a, uh, an award from the uh, Tennessee Highway Safety Office. If you wouldn't mind, just expound
1: on that. Um, our team actually won it. They put my name on the award, but I think, it was just because I was there to pick it up. <laughs> um, but we went from having, I think, three technicians in the department um, two years ago to having 20 technicians. Um, and we're a... a fitting station now with the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Um, the number of seats that we've done, the number of technicians that we've added, and the number of seats funded by THSO that we've been able to get out into the community, um, they thought we were doing the best work in the past year. Um, the only thing that did was gave the chief a reason to, to give me a challenge to do it again next year bigger. So um, that's, that's our goal, outdo what we did last year. Um, And I mentioned our technicians, most of our technicians are school resource officers. Um, So they are focusing on the booster seat population, which tends to be the ones that transition out of seats a little early and it puts them at great risk because they're not ready for just a seatbelt yet. Um, So at least twice a week, I get a call from an SRO, hey, I need a booster seat. Um, So we're to the point now of we're in the process of getting booster seats for them to keep in their offices at the schools, so when they encounter a child that needs a booster seat, they just have somebody at the school go to their office and get a booster, and they can fix it right there.
0: And, of course, uh, engaging with our schools, that's very important for both uh, departments. Uh, Assistant Chief Pease, you had mentioned earlier about the STEAM program. What is the STEAM program, and uh, you know, how do you guys get students involved?
2: Well, the STEAM program, the the city schools, I I believe out of the 13, I believe there's eight or nine of them that are considered STEAM schools. And that's where they focus on, STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, Mathematics. And they focus their curriculum around those. Uh, About six, seven years ago, we were always in the schools, we were always doing like K through through two. Um, But one of the principals approached our chief at the time and was talking about the steam program and it was brought to us to say hey why don't we go in these schools and teach science technology education math mathematics and all that as it relates to the fire service so we got with the director of city schools at the time and her staff and it took about a year of planning to when we finally got it implemented and now we do it in every school. So we go to every school. We're there for an hour usually, and we do the second grade. Uh, now, we we would love to do every grade, but staffing won't allow us to do every grade. So we, we focused on second grade. And the reason we focused on second grade is because there's also the TCAP testing, I believe, starts in third grade. So we didn't want to interfere with any TCAP stuff. I think it's still called TCAP, but uh, so we focused on second grade. Uh, But like I said, it's amazing what these kids can absorb. We teach them fire behavior classes, the same class we teach to our firefighters, and they're understanding it. You know, but then you know, there's other things that we we talk about. But we talk about the science, the technology, the engineering as it relates to the fire service.
0: And uh, Sergeant didn't understand that. MPD used to offer at the D.A.R.E. program, but they've sort of transitioned <clears throat> to the Travis Mannion Foundation mm-hmm. Character Does Matter program. Could you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Um, for years, 20-plus years, we taught the D.A.R.E. program, um, and most people are familiar with it, the Drug drug Abuse Resistance Education, um, and the last um, update of D.A.R.E. dealt with decision-making. That was kind of its focus, um, and then hasn't been updated in a long time. And our SROs um, started checking around to see if there was something that would work better, that would get more of the core of problems across the board, not just drug problems, but just problems across the board. Um, And they came up on the Travis Mannion Foundation Character Does Matter curriculum. Um, It's not as um, structured as there. They can teach the lessons in whatever order works best for that school Uh, and I think there's 14 character traits that they have lessons on they get with this guy the guidance counselors or the teachers and um, work in tandem on these character traits to go along with lessons already being taught in the schools Um, I know I think it was last year one of the SROs was talking about um, this the students were studying Jackie Robinson and all of his challenges and what he went through and the SRO thought that would be a good time to do the perseverance lesson. Mm-hmm. So they used Jackie Robinson as the example for perseverance, and the kids totally bought into it, totally embraced it, and, and they really got it. Um, so Travis Mannion, it also it doesn't cost us anything. They cover the cost of everything, whereas DARE, we had to buy workbooks, and we bought all the giveaway things. Travis Mannion Foundation doesn't require us to buy anything. They fully support us in it. Um, they train the officers with, at no cost. And they've actually started the past couple of years doing the Travis Mannion Foundation run um, on September 11th.
0: The Travis Mannion Foundation in Murfreesboro City Schools is being, now being used as a model across the country because uh, it was the first school district uh, to implement that program in every single school. Mm-hmm. And so now understand, you know, other... Uh, Sheriff's Office, other of police departments are now looking to Murfreesboro, and we actually sent trainers from here to help teach the program.
1: Yeah, we were we were kind of a pioneer in the, <clears throat> excuse me, take the program out to the schools, um, and it got a rough start. We started it, um, I think, spring of 19, and then school year 2020, we were really going to kick it in there, and then COVID hit, and everybody got out of schools for a while, um, so they had to get creative in how to still get the character traits out to the kids and all that. Um, of course, 2021-2022 class uh, school year was a bit different too, um, but the SROs are committed to it. Um, they all love the program. They love what it stands for. Um, there's a face behind it. There is a real person named Travis Mannion. Um, unfortunately, he's a, he's a veteran that, that got killed in action. So um, his, I guess... Um, Mantra is something that resonates with everybody. If not me, then who you know We all want to sit back and say somebody needs to do something. Well These kids are learning that uh, when something needs to be done if not me then who
0: and uh, moving along here We also know how important it is to get out in the community Um, I know MFRD provides, um, you know, education on smoke alarms and carbon monoxide alarms, and we we'll even provide one for free if, if needed. If you wouldn't mind, Assistant Chief Pease, to just go into that community uh, program, that neighborhood program of providing smoke alarms and things of that nature.
2: We started the smoke alarm program uh, several years ago, and it was at that time it was funded by the city. Uh, and anybody that needed smoke alarms, we would come out, we would install them. Well, here recently, in the last few years, we've teamed up with the state fire marshal's office, and now we're doing what's called "Get Alarmed" in conjunction with the state fire marshal's office in Nashville. And what they do is they can run statistical information based off what's called our t- our TIFRS reports as to what communities are having problems where their smoke detectors not present, uh, and we get a demographic of the community. And we take that map and we go out and we go door-to-door and we just knock on doors. And now we give them the old type smoke, te- te- uh, smoke detectors where the battery operated. Now there's the 10-year lithium. So we're giving out and installing 10-year lithiums. And the first few years of it, we installed, I would I would hate to say, or guess to say 1,000 to 1,500. Um, but now, The numbers are slowing down because we're getting the word out. We talk to all the the children at school and we say, hey, you know, go home, have your mom or dad show you your smoke detector. If you don't have one, write a note to the teacher, Mm -hmm. bring it to school. The teacher can call us, we'll send the truck out and we'll install it for free. Um, So that program, uh, like I said, has been going for about five years now. Very successful program. But still to this day, we get calls, hey, I don't have my smoke detectors, don't work. We'll even come out and replace your batteries if you can't reach them. Uh, or if, if there's some physical limitation that you can't get on a ladder, call us. You know, we'll come out, we'll send a truck out. We'll have the guys just change guys and gals change out the batteries.
0: And um, for those who still have regular batteries, uh, during the time change, it's still a good idea to change those batteries. What, uh, fall back, spring fall. Yep,
2: every time you change the clocks, change your batteries. Now, again, if you've, if you've got the new 10-year lithiums, you don't have to do that. But if you've still got the 9-volt or the AA's, yeah, we recommend changing them twice a year.
0: What about new construction? Are those wired?
2: Uh... New construction is it's what's called hardwired with battery backup. The hard-wired works, hardwire works off your electrical surface. Mm-hmm. The battery backup is in case the power goes down. Uh, the nice thing about the new ones, too, is they're all what's called interconnected which means if one goes off, they all go off. Uh, now, you can buy battery operated ones within, in the new technology that will do that. But if your if old smoke detectors are not hardwired, if one goes off, they all don't go off. Uh, that's just a newer version that's come out in the last three to five years. Um, but yeah, it's, the new construction is hardwired, battery backup, interconnected.
0: Okay. Great. And uh, the police department also gets involved in the community. Um, say, for instance, a neighborhood may have a problem, you know, car break ins or something. Mm-hmm. Is uh, neighborhood watch still a thing?
1: It is still a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, just a couple months ago, um, Chief decided there was enough need for one person to focus on just crime prevention, and Sergeant Turner came out of patrol, um, and he is now our crime prevention coordinator. He does uh, neighborhood watch meetings. He'll do active shooter trainings and workplace safety trainings if you have a, a business or a group that, that wants that training. Um, he's gotten his uh, crime prevention through environmental design certification, so if you have a business that you want a security survey done, you want to see if there's ways you can make it a harder target for a burglar or make it safer overall, he can come out and meet with you, walk through the, through the building, around the building, um, and help you with that kind of thing. Um, he's trying to decide the best approach to apartment safety mm-hmm. um, to kind of revamp that program a little bit. So we've got somebody dedicated just to crime prevention now.
0: So or, or what about the uh, neighborhood watch signs? Uh, how can a person or neighborhood or a neighborhood right. association? Um, if
1: you one? want one of those, um, contact Sergeant Turner. Um, his email is 240 at MurfreesboroTN.gov um, and ask him to help you with a neighborhood watch meeting. Once you have a meeting with your neighbors, um, then he will reach out to the city's street sign department and get those signs installed. Um, we just ask that you have a meeting first so everybody's on the same page before we go putting signs up.
0: <laughs> right, I understand. And uh, Assistant Chief uh, Pease, um, MFRD take part in community events throughout the year. You know, events like touch a truck. Uh, You go to daycares. You take your truck out. Sometimes on a hot day, spray water. Uh, Just talk about some of those community events like touch a truck. I guess I can get that out. (laughs) And uh, the other things that you guys do for the community.
2: Well, we we try to do all we can with the community. Um, You know, most of the time... You know, when and, and this kind of goes back to the police department as well. Most of the time when people see us or call for us, they're having a bad day uh, or, or things are going wrong in their life and they, they can't get it straightened out, so they call both police and fire to come help fix their worlds. So when we can get out in the normal day and, and do the public events, go to the daycares, go to the schools, go to the senior citizen centers and talk to them, do the touch a truck, you know, it's just normal people showing you a fire truck it's not you know it's not assistant chief chiefs or it's not sergeant mm-hmm. in it, it's it's carl you know it's it's the guys and gals on the trucks they're they're normal and that's what we kind of want want to stress to the public we're just like everybody else uh of course the kids love the trucks you know sometimes we'll go do a teaching event at at a school or a daycare and you know when you're, when the captain or the driver or whoever is talking to the kids about safety stuff the kids are looking right through them at the truck you know and they, they once they get, get their hands on the truck that's the biggest thing to them mm-hmm. and so that's why we do that I mean it's because we want to show them we're normal people too mm-hmm. you know we, we've got day-to-day lives other than what we do at work and just getting out there getting our name out getting out in the public to say you know hey if, if you need something you don't call and ask for assistant chief peace Call and ask for Carl, you know, because, um, you know, that that's the biggest thing. Is get get out there in the public. Show them that we're, we're here for them, you know, and not necessarily in their worst time. Hey, back when Sergeant Denton was talking about COVID, you know, when COVID hit, everything shut down. You know, our tours stopped. We, we had to stop people coming through our stations because we didn't know, you know, if they were COVID or not. Um the daycares stopped the schools stopped so to get out there we did stuff um my division started doing requests for birthdays we would drive through the neighborhood Uh, police did as well you know trying to keep that engagement with the public saying hey you know what covid's going on the whole world's locked down we're still here we're still here if you need us
0: and uh sergeant denton um Normally, this time of year, there are National Night Out events (laughs) going on, but I I think the uh, police department decided not to participate in National Night Out this year, but do another initiative called Faith in Blue Weekend. Right. Can you uh, discuss that?
1: Last year, we did both um, within a week of each other. Um, So uh, the shift for us this year has been to concentrate on Faith in Blue. Uh, Faith in Blue is a nationwide initiative that started in, I believe, 2019. Um, 2020, of course, dampened it a little bit. 2021, it came back a little bigger, and this year it's it's going to be a lot bigger. Uh, last year, we just opened up our ride-along program to any pastor or faith-based uh, organization leader uh, to just come and ride along with our officers and then ask our officers to go to a, a, a different church or a different um, faith-based meeting that weekend that they don't normally go to, just to to meet people. Um, So this this year, I was gonna say this weekend, no, it's in two weeks, Um, so we're gonna do, it's kind of like, it's gonna look a lot like National Night Out, uh, if you're on the outside looking in, but if you come to the event, you'll see that it's um, all about partnerships. Our faith-based organizations and our uh, community resource organizations or not-for-profit organizations the, the, my, the idea behind it is to let uh, members of congregations find out about resources that they may not know are here. They may need them and not know they're here, or they may be looking for something they can do to take church outside the walls, um, and a lot of these resource organizations always need volunteers, um, so it's going to be the two booths set up. If they have a standing partnership, we're going to put them next to each other and showcase that partnership. If not... It's just a time for everybody to come out and get to know each other, learn about each other. Um, While that's going on, we're going to have a pack the cruiser um, available to pack with non-perishable food items for the food bank. We've done those before, and they've been so successful, we had to send one of our pickup trucks to pick up the stuff that wouldn't fit in the the one patrol unit. Um, Our building's going to be open for tours that day, so anybody that wants to come and see behind these walls... Um, it's not just taking church outside the walls, but we're bringing anybody that wants to come into our walls to come in and, and find out what's going on. Um, we're well, we're partnering with TBI on that event. And at noon, the TBI's chaplain is going to lead a interfaith community prayer in front of our memorial wall uh, just to pray for safety and peace in our community.
0: That's great. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, is there anything else, any other community engagement uh, events or activities that uh, your department is involved in that you would like to uh, talk about.
2: I would just like everybody to remember too that you know it's as we as we approach the fall and, and the winter months as Christmas is coming up, the Toys for Tots campaign, um, sponsored by the United States Marine Corps, still an outstanding agencies get get together and collect toys for children mm-hmm. for the underprivileged. Um, that's still we're still real big into that. We still help out with it. As as does the police department as well, so just remember that. I mean, it's hitting that time of year. Um, you know, like my pastor said, you know, don't only open your hearts, open your mind, open your wallet. You know.
0: There <laughs> you go. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, go ahead. The the other program during Christmas time that happens is shop with a cop. Um, last couple of years, the officers have gone shopping for the for the kids, with the kids' list, um, and then done home deliveries. So if you see an officer out shopping, looking really confused in the Barbie section um, with gift cards and pieces of paper, um, they're probably not doing their shopping for their family. They're probably shopping for their shop-of-the-cop kid. So, um, you know, that's that's 100% donation-driven, but it's one of our officers' favorite programs to do.
0: Of course, we've been discussing community engagement and what programs that are being offered by the Murfreesboro Fire Rescue Department and the Murfreesboro Police Department. Thank each one of you for joining us uh, today. Thank you. Uh, The Public Safety Podcast originates from the Murfreesboro Police Department headquarters. Thanks for listening via Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music Audible, and now on Google Podcasts. Uh, You can also watch the uh, Public Safety Podcast via YouTube. The Public Safety Podcast is produced by Michael Nevels. Uh, For more information on public safety in the fast-growing city of Murfreesboro, visit our website, www.murfreesborotn.gov. Until next time, I'm Larry Flowers. You be sure to have a great day.